0: listening to the podcast, reading GoLong at GoLongTD.com, subscribing. It's a great time to subscribe if you don't. Bob McGinn's 2023 NFL Draft Series kicks off Wednesday, so that's a position-by-position breakdown. Um, 39th annual series for Bob. He's been talking to scouts, execs, coaches around the NFL to give you the unvarnished, unfiltered, in my opinion, unparalleled view of these NFL draft prospects. Um, The good, the bad, the ugly, it will all be in there. So also, I think it's always worth noting here, too, that these people who talk to Bob, know what the hell they're talking about? I mean, Bob frames uh, his top 100 and his position by position rankings completely off of what these scouts that he has built up relationships with over the years tell him. And last season, Bob placed First overall in the Huddle Report's Top 100 Challenge. So Kuiper, McShay, all the draft experts, all the draft gurus submit who they think the top 100 players will be drafted to, to this site. And then we find out who knew what they were talking about. And Bob has finished first five times, second twice. 66 people entered top 100s last year. And Bob uh, hit 86 out of 100 to... Hit that number one spot, so you can get everything at Go Long. This is a great time to get on in eight dollars a month, fifty dollars for the year. I greatly appreciate everyone who has joined our community. Um, also, if you read Go Long um, through the Substack app, if you hang out on the app, there's a new feature in there called Substack Notes. It's basically the social media feature for Substack. I'm figuring out myself as we go, but I love it. It just seems. I, you know, kinder, uh, more fun than Twitter. It's it's growing. It's new, uh, but we're all in there. I'll be sharing different thoughts and uh, quicker takes uh, within notes on the Substack app. If you're there, that's also where we have our live chats every Sunday during the season, which were a lot of fun. So thank you everyone who uh, has downloaded the Substack Substack app. You can read all the stories in there as well. In addition to your email, of course, and the website itself golongseed.com. Uh, thank you for joining our community. One other quick announcement is we are going to have a live hangout Wednesday, April 26th, Fatty Beer Company, Orchard Park, New York, around six o'clock. If you're local, head on out. I'll be there with Monus. I don't even really think we're going to do a podcast. I think we just want to hang out with you guys, uh, drink a few beers, and see what's on your mind. I'll bring out some uh, blood and guts if you'd like to buy a signed copy. Hey, maybe we can burn out some uh, some shirts, some hoodies if if you're into that sort of thing. So Fatty Beer Company, Orchard Park, New York. I think Jim might even buy the first round for everyone. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think I heard that last time we were doing a podcast uh, at Fatty. All right, quick episode today. I think it's a good time to just head on some specific team needs. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of Packer fans, Bills fans, Bengal fans, Giants, Lions you um, can kind of see where you guys are coming from, although we're all over the world. Switzerland, UK, gosh, Germany, New Zealand. It's, it's great to have readers and listeners from all over the place. But real quick, let's talk Green Bay Packers. So the trade with the New York Jets, I would think, we can all safely assume, it's at the one-centimeter line still. Brian Gutekunst, Joe Douglas in this weird game of chicken. Where somebody's got to flinch, and I would think the draft is a deadline of sorts. Of course, deadlines always spur action. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to show up to OTAs anyways, so it's not like there's a rush on the Jets part to get him in there. Robert Salah made that pretty much clear. Green Bay has made it very clear to everyone that this is Jordan Love's time. Jordan Love's team. They're moving forward with him. He needs to play. So both sides know that they want to get this done. A lot of argument had... Who has the leverage? Is it Rodgers? Is it Green Bay? Is it New York? Personally, I think Green Bay has all the leverage here. You've got a desperate owner in Woody Johnson who does not want to go the draft route at quarterback. Doesn't really have any other options, the veteran route. Um, Joe Douglas is at a draft party screaming to fans that Aaron Rodgers is on his way. Nathaniel Hackett is there. They signed Alan Lazard. They've Started to give him the carte blanche that Aaron Rodgers enjoyed last season in Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is is going to go forward with with Jordan Love. So does that mean that they can kind of grab uh, Joe Douglas by the collar and shake him and get the first round pick out of him? I'm not sure. A lot of reports out there, you know, that Green Bay wants that first next year uh, and, and not a second. We'll we'll see what it comes to. I think that. It's going to get done draft weekend. I uh, would be surprised if it isn't. You never know. I guess we can, we can never assume anything when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. These are two entities that have uh, been quite unpredictable over the years. But I think it gets done, and then you have to turn your attention. I mean, Green Bay's already turned their attention to their actual needs in the draft. What are they? I, I would think it's weapons for Jordan Love it's adding to a really promising nucleus of talent. Romeo Dobbs, he developed a really good rapport with Love and training camp and the exhibition games. That was obvious to everyone. Christian Watson looked like a rising star the second half of the season when his role started to really expand. And remember that these receivers, they didn't have the benefit of off-season workouts with Aaron Rodgers. It took a long time for them to kind of catch up, get up to speed, in addition to Aaron kind of relying on that encyclopedia of checks and signals and audibles that he loves to check to that just didn't exist with young receivers and did with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson and the receivers of yesteryear. That was part of the problem for this passing game and a huge reason they didn't even throw for 300 yards in any game last season. It's the fact that they weren't really running Matt LaFleur's offense uh, to a T. tee. So I, I think that this year Jordan Love is going to actually run the offense. Matt LaFleur's got to love it. And he's got a young core of players that he can he can work with. Maybe even Deguara at tight end. It sounds like he had a type of rapport with Jordan Love. Maybe he factors in. Obviously, they're going to lean on that ground game. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, both in their prime. Um, there's not going to be a lull that you saw last season. I mean, that's really when this season fell apart for Green Bay. When you've got the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders, and back-to-back-to-back weeks. And I think we had it in one of our stories. The Your, your two backs, the that should be the focal point of your offense, had 50-some some total carries while Aaron Rodgers is dropping back more than double that amount. That just can't happen for this team. I mean, they've got to lean into what they do best. And I think Jordan Love will do that work off play action. They could use another weapon, though. I think that's obvious. Um, Samore Torre, they obviously... Have him in the mix as well at receiver, but you need another weapon, whether it's a tight end, a receiver. Shocker, this is a fantastic year for tight ends. Green Bay is right in that range where you might be able to get any tight end that you want. Who do you pick? I mean, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Do you do you go for the freak out of Georgia? Do you go for the more polished product in Dalton Kincaid, who sounds like he has a clean bill of health? Michael Mayer on Notre Dame is an option. I would think those are those are the three guys you're looking at. And obviously, Bob is going to have the the full breakdown of these tight end prospects and wide receiver prospects. However you rank them, there's something to love with each one of these players. I mean, Darnell Washington, 6'7", 270, wasn't really utilized in Georgia's passing game. They like to run the ball. They've got a lot of talent. That's part of it. Uh, but... You know, if, if if you're looking for an extra offensive tackle who might be able to run a few routes and do something beyond line of scrimmage, it's it's Washington. I don't think he's nearly as dynamic. You know, look, the combine was fun. The one-handed catch where he just had one foot in bounce wouldn't have been an NFL catch. That was neat. I I can't see Brian Gutekind's, um really putting too much stock into a pro day or a combine or measurables. A lot, a lot like Ted Thompson, he relies on the tape. Um, and what the scouts tell him, you know, he's a personnel guy through and through. And then I think that's where you have to look at Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, man. I mean, this was somebody who was the go-to guy in a really, really good offense. Those Utah offenses, they, they were modernized relative to the NFL 70 catches, 100 or 890 yards last season. Obviously Michael Mayer out in Notre Dame. Um, he's young, true junior, had over 2,000 yards in his career with 18 touchdowns. Iowa, are the readers of the blood and guts? know? Iowa has to stake its claim as claimed, tight end you. And have a, just have a way under Kirk Ferentz to develop these guys and, and take somebody who has all those unique characteristics in the tight end, the indomitable drive, the work ethic, the willingness to get down and dirty in the run game, yet also be prolific enough to go make a play downfield. Hey, there were a lot of ups and downs to George Kittle's life at Iowa. God knows there's a lot of ups and downs to Dallas Clark's life at Iowa. You know, a walk-on who's... God, who knows what he was on the depth, depth chart at one point. Uh, he was a linebacker who couldn't get on the field and had three digits to his, his number when he first arrived. Uh, and he's got the equipment manager throwing him used socks like he's disgusted by Dallas's presence, and he's mowing Kinnick Stadium. He, the, the story of Dallas Clark, I just love it. Every, every, every time I think of it, for a Sam Laporta to come up in that system with that head coach, I think... Is impressive. He's got some speed too, at four five nine, and according to PFF, had twenty broken tackles on his fifty-eight catches last season. So, you know, maybe he's somebody that you try to finagle your way into, like early second round ish. Might be a little bit of a reach in the first. I don't know. I, I'm not going to pretend like I know who's going to get picked where. We'll leave that to the the mockers of America, the mock draft experts. But just looking at the film, then you can put Luke Musgrave in there as well. You're looking at five tight ends, legit tight ends, who could potentially start day one, be a factor day one. Um, Green Bay could could use a tight end, so I think that, that they're looking at that position. Obviously, wide receiver, you can never have too many wide receivers, especially when you're trying to help out Jordan Love. They might have their their pick of most guys there. I I where there's smoke. This time of year, it's often just that smoke. In this case, I think there might be a little fire. We'll see what Bob has from the scouts around the NFL. I think that this isn't a star-studded class of receivers, so it might be a perfect time to pick exactly where Green Bay's picking. Ohio State's Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Boston College's Zay Flowers. TCU's Quentin Johnston. USC's Jordan Addison. North Carolina's Josh Downs. I I, I don't know. I mean, I just judging off of the... College football that I saw last year. It seemed like Jalen High out of Tennessee, all he did was make big plays, too. So you're going to see Green Bay find a weapon for this quarterback early in this draft, which is only going to help his development. So, and what's the goal this year? It was kind of strange to hear David Bakhtiari. And if you haven't, it's definitely worth checking out David Bakhtiari's sit down podcast uh, with Busting with the Boys, uh, Will Compton, Taylor Luan. A lot of uh, hand-wringing. Rightfully so. I think a lot of people were upset with the tone of David Bakhtiari's comments, really referring to the Packers as, like, them and they and the Packers and not really us, and here's what we're doing as a team. It seemed a little distant. And he referred to the 2023 season under Jordan Love as a rebuilding year multiple times, if I recall. And, And even floated the third option, the third possibility of Green Bay just kind of hanging on to Aaron Rodgers and paying him to not play for a year. It was all over the place. I'll I'll say David Bakhtiari's a little all over the place. He's a wildly interesting uh, character, personality. Enjoyed covering him at the start of his career when I was at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, for for, for several stories, profiles. I mean, just such an interesting, open, engaging guy that can kind of get off on tangents. I, I wouldn't read too much into... Um, the way he described the Packers. I mean, he's close with Aaron Rodgers. Let's just be honest. He's probably one of the quarterback's closest friends just because they've been around together for a while. It's got to be a weird time for him to see Green Bay moving on. Uh, He he did tell the story. It's worth listening in full, too. It gives you the fuller context beyond the one, two-minute clips. But he described just what he felt when Josh Sitton was let go by the team. And that kind of showed him that anybody can leave at any moment. Uh, And so, you know, it's not a shock. It's, it's going to sting. It's going to hurt, I'd imagine. But it's, it's also a business. And if he wants to play football and if he wants to play for the Packers, life goes on. Um, as Leroy Butler and Ron Wolf eloquently put in those Q&As, it, it go along. The, the G and the Packers move on. And they should be commended for the backbone that they've had throughout this offseason and moving from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. They're almost there. And uh, there will be emotions, there will be feelings hurt, there have been, but I just can't say it enough. What, what Green Bay did this offseason is in the best interest of the organization, even though it's, it's going to lead to some weirdness like that Busting <laughs> with the Boys interview. I don't know, I, I don't see it as a rebuilding season. I think it, it very well could be. It was when Green Bay moved from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, that was a much more talented team. A team that went 13-3, and three, was one overtime away from the Super Bowl. That fell short and then went 6-10 and ten in year one of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I think if Green Bay gets out of Jordan Love, what they got out of jo- Aaron Rodgers in 2008, if you're looking in the ballpark of 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, not a lot of interceptions, making a few plays with his legs, providing some excitement, some hope, some rhythm on offense, whatever happens in the win-loss column, I think that's a win for Green Bay because this is a young player on the, that's ascending, that just needs to start. Brian Goodkins can say it enough, and he's right. He just needs to play. He just needs to start. They've seen him in practice enough. They know he's working with Steve Calhoun every offseason. They know he's out there with teammates in California. Uh, he's done everything in his power in addition to proving in a game setting against the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles on the road that he can shine. That was no prevent defense. Philly was, was bringing it. They challenged him, and, and Jordan Love stepped up. Now he does need to start and play games. see how he does. Defensively, I think that there's still a lot to like. Um, That's probably why it's a little strange to hear all this rebuilding talk when... I mean, yeah, they underachieved most of last season. And it's probably still a surprise to some that Joe Barry will be back. But eventually, they turned a corner. And I think there actually is a lot to love with this Packers defense. Quay Walker, he looked like an absolute find with a first-round pick. Um, he really came on. I know we're going to remember the bad and the stuff on the sideline, but he was a tackle machine. Uh, spiritual leader, tough. He can run, but he can also hit. Just a combination of physical attributes you'd you'd want out of a linebacker. Rashawn Gary will be coming back off of injury. You, you need him off of the edge. They absolutely missed him last year. They need Devondre Campbell to have a bounce-back season. Preston Smith, I think even Devontae Wyatt, Showed some promise late last year. Kenny Clark, one of the best D linemen in the game. Not not always at the top of his game last season. I think he as Bob kind of broke down in his film review, he did take a step back. But you know what he can bring. I wouldn't worry about Kenny Clark. That's probably the last player I'd worry about in this roster. And then on the back end, I mean, Jair Alexander, one of the best shutdown corners in football. Rasul Douglas can make plays and he's just got to use him correctly because there are some speed deficiencies. There's... I don't. I don't. I don't see this as a rebuilding transition. We're gonna hit rock bottom, type of year for the Green Bay Packers, especially in the NFC, which is wide open. If you were to rank the quarterbacks, and it's been done by a lot, Jordan Love is in the mix. I. I, I it wouldn't be crazy to put him near the top of that list, just given the other quarterbacks that are in this conference. We haven't seen it. He's got to play. It's a good time to move forward if you're Green Bay, given the competition level within your division, and the conference itself. Seriously, just look around the NFC right now. Minnesota won the division. Kirk Cousins is back. It's a quarterback you're familiar with. Maybe the second-best quarterback in the conference next to Jalen Hurts, the uh, MVP front runner for a short time late last season before his injury. Uh, Minnesota, though, not exactly showing that they want him long-term. They may draft a quarterback. They've got to think about the future. They're in a very interesting place as a franchise right now. Detroit, the team that came into Lambeau Field and beat you. Jared Goff made a lot of the throws to Aaron Rodgers. Couldn't make in that fourth quarter. Jared Goff is absolutely good enough to get into the playoffs and win some games, given the talent around him. They might draft a quarterback, too. We'll see if and when, possibly Anthony Richardson, is an option for them early in that first round. I don't know. I, I tend to think they'll still take just two starters who can help them right now. You can beat Jared Goff if you're Green Bay with Jordan Love. That That is a very realistic scenario. Uh, Chicago, off of the 3-14 season, they're going to be better. They're not going to be much better. And then throughout the NFC, I mean, Dallas under Mike McCarthy just completely... Zapped their entire coaching staff. Um, a lot of friends of Mike McCarthy. A lot of names you all be familiar with uh, if you're a Packers fan out there. Is Brian Schottenheimer the source of innovation that Dak Prescott needs at this point of his career? I don't think so. Uh, the New York Giants under Brian Dable, they they bring back Daniel Jones. This is a team I think that's absolutely going to take a huge step. I think they win the division. They're only going to get better in this scheme, this offense with this quarterback. That, that, that is a team to keep an eye on. The Commanders, Sam Howell is currently their quarterback. I don't think that scares you for Green Bay. I mean, the NFC South, who knows who wins that division? Who knows who's playing quarterback for some of these teams? Atlanta is making a lot of great moves this offseason, and they made another in adding Bud Dupree and a team-friendly deal. They're moving for Desmond Ritter, so they're kind of in the same boat. Green Bay breaking in a young quarterback. New Orleans, Derek Carr, Carolina has the first pick. Tampa Bay has the Baker Mayfield-Kyle Trask competition. Maybe they draft a quarterback. Down in the NFC West, San Francisco, obviously loaded. Brock Purdy was fantastic. Last pick in the draft. Going on the winning streak, he did. Not turning the ball over. Is it, is it sustainable to win this way when everything around the quarterback is almost perfect and the quarterback really just has to be that distributor it's worked in San Francisco now for multiple quarterbacks. I don't know. That, that's a dangerous, risky way uh, to try to win long term. If anybody can do it, I guess it's San Francisco. I, I still don't think you're looking at San Francisco as Green Bay and thinking, wow, they're way up here and we're down here. That's a team you can beat. Same for Seattle, LA, and Arizona is the definition of a cluster you-know-what. It's not terrifying. For Green Bay, it really isn't. You can win this year. So I would disagree with David Bakhtiari. I don't see this as a rebuilding year for Green Bay. I think that they can win with the roster. They can win with adding another weapon in the draft. Uh, Brian Gudikins proved last year in that draft. And look, it was, a, it was a draft that our Bob McGinn was critical of at the time. Uh, the scouts weren't as high on Christian Watson. Gudikins was. It looks like he might have found a player in Christian Watson who can be a legitimate number one. In addition to Devonte Wyatt, who came on late last season, it's hard to find big men who can move other big men. He did exactly that. I think there's a lot to love with Green Bay, and as Brian Gudikin said, now the quarterback just needs to play. Okay, I think that's going to do it here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, reading again Substack notes, check it out. Uh, Bob's 2022 draft series is also linked in the post today and that's unlocked for everyone to read so if you kind of want to get a sense for what bob can bring with this series check that out it's open and then the 2023 series which starts wednesday is going to be for our paid subscribers thank you so much everyone